This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where state agents raided the home of the woman who blew the whistle on the governor's efforts to downplay the COVID statistics. Rebecca Jones posted a video on her Twitter feed. Police, come down now! Bring your children! Come down the stairs! My children! Oh, hang on, let me clear my they seized her phone and computer, the one she's been using to post updates on the COVID crisis. Jones calls them the DeSantis Gestapo. The search came after the Department of Health filed a complaint about unauthorized access to a messaging alert system they use for emergencies. The health department reported 106 additional fatalities from the disease Monday. They also reported 7,700 newly confirmed cases of coronavirus, which is actually a bit of a break after several days of 10,000 new infections. As the COVID surge continues, the University of Florida puts the finishing touches on its plan for a full reopening in January. The faculty union is fuming, and some of the folks in Gainesville believe the university is putting money ahead of public health. They're willing to kill really just God knows how many people uh, in order to keep their financial bottom line up. A South Florida congresswoman says enough is enough. Democrat Debbie Mukersel Powell of Miami has been on the governor's case all along, accusing him of putting politics ahead of safety. We are seeing a governor that is putting politics and political points for him, his base, and the president before the health, the well-being, and the prosperity of those Floridians that are most in need. Mukersel Powell sent out a tweet Monday calling for Ron DeSantis' resignation for hindering government transparency during the pandemic. Nothing from the Gov about the congresswoman's criticism, the search of the whistleblower's home, or the latest COVID casualties. He did, however, have time to record a video for YouTube announcing former FSU and NFL star Corey Simon will be the new CEO of Volunteer Florida. Uh, Volunteer Florida's mission is near and dear to me. I know I wouldn't be here today without the help and support of others, and I'm humbled for this exciting challenge to give back. I'm honored to be a part of this amazing organization, and uh, I'm ready to get to work. Florida law officially recognizes three Confederate holidays. On today's Sunrise interview, State Representative Mike Grieco talks about his bill to eliminate them. I think it's time to take a look at some of the silly things that we have in statute that really, in a way, codify historical racism going back to slave owners. You know, listen, I'm not talking about tearing down statues and erasing history. This is about taking something out of statute that just shouldn't have been there to begin with. Grieco says he's received all sorts of hate on social media since filing the repealer bill, most of it from out of state. A state senator from Orlando will be filing a bill today to expunge the convictions of anyone in Florida with a misdemeanor marijuana conviction. Every employer does a background check. So even if it is a misdemeanor charge, that likely can stop a person from being hired. I've seen it happen plenty of times. We'll also have your calendar of political events and two Florida man stories. One is accused of pooping in mailboxes, the other accused of voter fraud after encouraging North Florida Republicans to register to vote in the Georgia Senate runoffs. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, December 8th. It was on this date in 1941 the U.S. entered World War II as Congress declared war against Japan a day after the attack on Pearl Harbor. On this day in 1966, the U.S. and the Soviet Union signed a treaty to prohibit nuclear weapons in outer space. This is also National Brownie Day. We're talking about the chocolate treat here, not the miniature Girl Scouts. Remember the data manager at the Florida Department of Health who was fired by the governor after she blew the whistle on his administration's efforts to alter the numbers to downplay the danger during the early days of the pandemic? 
Her name is Rebecca Jones, and her house was raided by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement Monday. She posted video and audio of their entry on Twitter. Come outside. Outside. Who else is in the house, ma'am? My two children and my husband. Where's your husband at? Calm down. Calm down. You want the children down? Calm them all down. Mr. Jones, come down the stairs. Now! Police, come down now! Bring your children! My children! That search came after the Department of Health complained that someone had accessed their emergency messaging system. They took her phone and her computer that Jones has been using to file daily updates on the COVID stats. She calls them the DeSantis Gestapo and says they also confiscated evidence of corruption at the state level. Florida's death toll from COVID-19 hit 19,529 Monday as the health department reported 106 additional fatalities. It's the second time in the past week we've hit triple digits. They also reported more than 7,700 new cases of the disease. That increases the statewide total to 1,065,785. The latest weekly reports are starting to look very similar to the summer spike. Officials at the University of Florida seem hell-bent on getting students back to the classroom next semester. Their goal is to have just as many in-person classes as there were before the pandemic. And a lot of people in Gainesville think the trustees are putting dollars over human lives. Gator alum Eli Barrett was one of the protesters at Friday's meeting with the trustees, and he told WCJB-TV they are going to get people killed. It seems they've more or less made up their minds. Uh, it's very clear from this and their past actions that they really couldn't care less about the lives of the community or members of the uh, University of Florida, uh, they've shown time and time again they're willing to kill really just God knows how many people uh, in order to keep their financial bottom line up. A South Florida congresswoman is calling on the governor to resign. Democrat Debbie Mukersel Powell was a longtime critic of the governor's COVID-19 response. She was on his case as early as April. The response by the White House, by this president, and sadly by our governor has been strongly inadequate and sadly partisan. We have seen that we have a governor here in the state of Florida that has cared more about following in the footsteps of his ally um, and uh, supporter, President Donald Trump, than really protecting the lives and the health of Floridians here in the state of Florida. Obviously, the incompetence that has come out of the White House has been mirrored by the incompetence that we have seen coming from the governor's office. And my concern is that we are seeing a governor that is putting politics and political points for him, his base, and the president before the health, the well-being, and the prosperity of those Floridians that are most in need. What finally pushed her over the edge was an investigation by the Fort Lauderdale News and Sun Sentinel that alleges the governor engaged in months of spin and misinformation to try to downplay the danger of the virus to fit his political narrative. Mukersel Powell says the governor was actively hindering government transparency during a pandemic. No reaction yet from the governor about the call for his resignation, the latest COVID casualties, or the search of the whistleblower's home by state agents. But Ron DeSantis did have time to record a video press release for YouTube, where he named an all-star football player to run Volunteer Florida. Corey has had an amazing life, an amazing career. Broward County native, born and raised in Florida, went to Florida State to play football, won a national championship under Coach Bowden, was an All-American defensive lineman, top 10 pick in the NFL draft made the Pro Bowl, and has had a tremendous athletic career, but he's also been in Tallahassee for a number of years, been involved in private sector pursuits, he's very involved in faith, his family, he's got a wife and a son, and he's really just been a great leader uh, for the community. So I think his 
uh, leadership skills and all he's done is tailor-made for this organization. This thing touches a lot of aspects uh, in Florida and I think you can really do a lot if you have someone like Corey who really wants to, to make a difference and this is something that the First Lady's involved with in many of her initiatives and so we really scrutinized this hard to make sure that we had a great candidate. I think Corey really fits that bill. I'm excited to be able uh, to announce him today. We've got a lot of great people working in our, in our agencies, leading agencies. I'm pretty confident Corey can out bench press any of our agency heads. Uh, so Corey, welcome aboard. It's great to have a, uh, a Florida State legend uh, taking the helm. Well, I, I sure thank you, Governor DeSantis, for this amazing opportunity. I can't think of a better way to give back to my home state that has given me so much, uh, from fostering volunteerism to leveraging resources and supporting emergency management operations. Uh, volunteer Florida admission is near and dear to me. I know I wouldn't be here today without the help and support of others, and I'm humbled for this exciting challenge to give back. I'm honored to be a part of this amazing organization, and uh, I'm ready to get to work. Simon replaces Clay Ingram, who was a teammate during their heyday at Florida State. Believe it or not, Florida law actually recognizes three Confederate holidays. Next on the Sunrise Interview, we'll talk with the state lawmaker who wants to get rid of them. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. As the number of COVID-19 cases are increasing, the potential collision of COVID-19 and the flu virus could lead to a new word Floridians do not want to use, twindemic. That is why Florida Blue, the Florida Hospital Association, and the Florida Medical Association have joined forces to encourage Floridians to get their flu vaccine today. Visit floridablue.com, fha.org, or flmedical.org to learn more and support a flu-free Florida. Welcome back to Sunrise. You don't get the day off and the kids still have to go to school, but state law officially recognizes three holidays from the Confederacy. The birthday of Confederate President Jefferson Davis on June 3rd, the birthday of General Robert E. Lee on January 19th, and Confederate Memorial Day on April 26th. All are state-sanctioned holidays. State Representative Mike Grieco of Miami Beach says it's time to remove them from state law. First of all, tell me how you even found out that these were holidays, because it's not something that, you know, the kids traditionally celebrate in school or get the day off. No, no, I, I, uh, I, I'm always looking for unique repealer bills, because as most know, when you when you file a repealer bill, it doesn't get uh, counted against you for the limited number of bills you're allowed to file as a member of the House. So even though we've been expanded to, a, to seven bills this year, the repealer bill still doesn't count. So when you're just eliminating a law, and in this case, uh, three sections of one law, uh, you don't get you don't get dinged for it. But I'm always looking for unique repealer bills because um, I've over the years found some crazy things in the Florida statutes. So I'm, I'm thinking though, when you filed this, you must have poked a hornet's nest. Uh, I, I did. Um, not so much in my district, um, and not too much in Florida. But let's just say I've, I've gotten my share of, of hate mail, Facebook post comments and tweets uh, from some other folks in some other states, um, but some in Florida. And uh, it, it's, it's fascinating to me how many people want to uh, continue to formally embrace and, and celebrate slavery. I'll be damned. Now, how, the, 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 what are the three holidays that you're specifically looking at in this bill? So it was uh, Robert E. Lee's birthday, Jefferson Davis's birthday, and Confederate Memorial Day. 
Wow. Like I say, I'm, I'm astounded we even had those on the books. Uh, they, they date back to the late 1800s. Um, I think one of them's from uh, early 1900s, but they were put on the books in the late 1800s. Um, uh, let, let's just say we're, we're, we're predating um, a lot of our, 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 commonly, our, our commonly enjoyed um, uh, 2020 technological advances did not exist in the 1800s. So I just think about the process and what was going on the day that they thought that this was a good idea for a law. But, um, you know, call it 130 years later, uh, I think it's time to get caught up with, with modern uh, with the modern thought process when it comes to uh, the Confederacy, what it stood for, and whether or not we should have a formal holiday as a part of our state statutes. Any kind of reaction from fellow lawmakers? Nope, I haven't heard a peep. Uh, well, <laughs> no. Let me let me rephrase. I, I got I got a, I got some thumbs up from, from some of my colleagues um, who want to co-sponsor the bill, uh, but I, I haven't I haven't gotten any any nasty grams yet. So um, I, I think that I, I, I expect by the silence, it's going to be one of those bills that, that quietly does not get a hearing, but you never know. I mean, if it gets picked up in the Senate like it did a couple of years ago, uh, maybe maybe get some traction and people won't be afraid to talk about it. So what's your best pitch to the Republican leadership that will decide whether or not this is heard? Why would it be a good idea for them to, to take this up? Uh, listen, with everything that we've done over the last couple of years, even in Florida when it comes to criminal justice reform, and starting to recognize that we, we need to look beyond paper when it comes to implicit bias, um, you know, with everything that's gone on with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, I think it's time to take a look at some of the silly things that we have in statute that really, in a way, codify historical uh, racism, you know, going back to slave owners. And, and, you know, having, you know, listen, I'm not talking about tearing down statues and, 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 and erasing history. This is about just taking, taking something out of statute that just shouldn't have been there to begin with. And I'm not trying to ruffle feathers or, you know, chaps, chap anybody's rear. I just thought it was a good idea. It's not an original idea. Senator Book uh, actually got this onto a committee hearing at one point. I think it passed one committee in 2018. So... I'm not reinventing the wheel. Um, I just think that the conversation should continue. And I am simply fascinated by the, the, the hornets that, were, that, that came out of the woodwork um, and the, the, the negative response and the positive response that I've, re- I've received online. But, man, people got pretty nasty about it. And uh, I've got rhino skin, so I'm not worried. By dumping the Confederate holidays, Grieco says Florida will send the same message sent by Mississippi voters when they changed their state flag by removing the Confederate battle flag from the design, replacing it with a magnolia blossom. Mississippi voters approved that new flag during last month's election. State Senator Randolph Bracey of Orlando is holding a news conference today to unveil legislation aimed at helping expunge criminal records of people who have misdemeanor marijuana convictions. Well, a person who was arrested or convicted uh, for obtaining, purchasing, transporting or possessing 20 grams of cannabis or less may petition the court to annul the arrest of court records. So, so basically it's just getting rid of uh, the court records that said they were arrested for a misdemeanor 
possession or sale charge. You know, most of the localities in our state and really across the country are decriminalizing uh, marijuana possession. And so this is just making it easier for people to get their court records expunged for any minor marijuana possession. Now, that excludes any connection to a felony offense with the marijuana uh, charge. But any misdemeanor offense would allow people to expunge their record, uh, no court costs involved, etc. Now, the fact that someone may have that charge on their record, does that interfere with, like, employment or, or you know, benefits or anything else like that? It does. I mean, a lot of times you hear of people ask, uh, employers asking about a felony when they are hiring someone, but every employer does a background check. So even if it is a misdemeanor charge, that likely can stop a person from being hired. I've seen it happen plenty of times. And so I think we need to move on from marijuana charges hindering someone from getting employment or just moving on with their lives in general. I know kids in, in the neighborhood that, that I've met uh, during my lifetime that have had marijuana charges. And there are a lot of people out there that are just in the shadows who have these charges and it's affected their lives. And now that the marijuana industry is uh, expanding, I think it's really time to repair those people who have paid the price for minor marijuana infractions when uh, most people at this point agree that uh, it is not a danger to, to people or, or society as a whole. Do you think you might face some skepticism from your more conservative colleagues in the legislature? Well, maybe some, but I think this is a small step. So when you're talking about, I think we have 14 counties in Florida that have already enacted local decriminalization policies. Um, we, as a legislature, have done a considerable amount in expanding our medical marijuana uh, industry. So I don't think it's too far a leap to put forth this bill. Senator Bracey's news conference is at 11 a.m. at a medical marijuana dispensary in Orlando. The Social Services Estimating Conference meets at 9 to look at expenditures for the Medicaid program. The directors of Enterprise Florida hold an online meeting at 9. The governing board of the Suwannee River Water Management District meets at 9 in Live Oak. Trustees at the University of South Florida meet at 9.30. The governing board of the St. John's River Water Management District meets at 10 in Palatka. 1,000 Friends of Florida will be holding a webinar at noon to talk about those toll road projects that are underway in Florida. And at 1.30, the Florida Chamber of Commerce begins a two-day online transportation, growth, and infrastructure solution summit. A Florida man is busted after being accused of pooping in mailboxes and leaving obscene letters and drawings. The Atlantic Beach Police Department arrested Andrew Steltzman on charges of stalking and criminal mischief. They really didn't have to do a lot of investigating because a woman who had feces smeared inside her mailbox was able to get a video of Steltzman in the act. Police say he's a suspect in three other cases. Finally today, a Florida man is under investigation after elections officials say he registered to vote in Georgia so he could vote in the upcoming Senate runoffs and then instructed other Florida Republicans how to do it. 
Bill Price is seen in a now-deleted Facebook Live video speaking to the Bay County GOP on November 7th, about half an hour after the election was called for Joe Biden. He was giving instructions on how to register in Georgia. Their Secretary of State confirms the video is being investigated and released a statement saying those who moved to Georgia just to vote in the runoffs with no intention of staying are committing a felony punishable with jail time and hefty fines. After his plan was exposed, Price insisted it was all just a joke. But he did register to vote in Georgia the day after he made the speech, using his brother's address and swearing an affidavit that he was a Georgia resident. If convicted of voter fraud, he could face 10 years in prison, a $100,000 fine, and he could lose his license to practice law. That's it for this installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.